0: Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to TCR Trinity
1: Competitive Racing. Oh, TCR TJ is the Season 13 Golden Class Champion for Trinity Competitive Racing. Oh, let's go, dude! Yes! Jabbar
0: on the podium! He's it yeah! by a tent! Woohoo! Gentlemen, gentlemen, side by side through one. And silent oh and Sea Freeze gets a half spin. Let's fucking go! Wheel bumping! T Nable, let's do it. And Captain Blade battling it out for position. Captain Blade Nickel one dump The and McChicken Chicken goes around and he also makes a rewide down the front straight. Oh my god! <laughs> I gotta check the heart rate. Why do we do this? Because of nights like this. Yo yo, welcome everybody! to TCR Trinity Competitive Racing and welcome to episode 39 of The Racing Debrief TCR's podcast where we combine the world of e-racing, sim racing, and TCR with real-life motorsports and Formula One. A true racing enthusiast, listen. For those listening possibly on Spotify or Apple Music this will be our first episode airing on there, if Seafreeze knows what he is doing once this recording is all uh, stopped and processed. Um, So we are going to be releasing the podcast on different platforms now, so this should, if everything goes correctly, uh, be on Spotify and Apple Music, possibly more. But we're going to start with those two, and of course, we're going to be on the YouTube as well, so you get some sort of a visual. Some episodes, it'll uh, mean a little bit more than others, uh, but for those who are new and maybe just stumbled upon our podcast, uh, I encourage you guys to maybe go back on to our YouTube, Trinity Competitive Racing, we have 38 other episodes up, uh, so you can kind of get Get a little glimpse of what this podcast is known uh, and what you're going to be getting into. Um, But for those who are unaware, my name is Seafreeze, your host as long with my usual co-host of Camden Luca. And uh, yeah, we got a a bunch of topics here uh, today and we're ready to get into it.
1: We are uh first of all i am super excited that we are able to expand this podcast onto spotify and apple music uh that's a big stepping stone for us but yeah this is mostly mostly a motorsport podcast we talk a lot about our league uh but we also talk about formula one and even a little bit of other stuff such as nascar indycar uh whatever we want to talk about basically and Uh, Today, I know that there's a lot that we're going to go over, so it should be a packed episode. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: Also, just a quick shout out to everybody supporting TCR. Uh, TCR hit a pretty big milestone this last week, and it had a lot to do with uh, some of the shorts you've been posting, Camden, so a little shout out to you as well. It hit the algorithm, algorithm a little bit. And we have achieved 600 subscribers on the TCR YouTube channel. So, congrats to everybody who is uh, continuing their support, and um, those few new subscribers who tuned in uh, to get us to that 600. We thank you. Um, never too late to uh, join the party, and uh, hopefully, um, you know, we could keep this uh, momentum going through season 17. We'll get to more of that um, later on. But I think we have to address the elephant in the room. Yeah. (laughs)
1: There's a big um, elephant in the room that needs to be addressed.
0: You know what? I'm going to let you go first because I know this hit you more than it hit
1: me. Yeah. So the elephant in the room is that Lewis Hamilton has just announced that he will be going to Ferrari in 2025 and you know if i want to compare this to any other sport this is probably like when lebron james went to miami you know this is like as big as it gets for formula one and you know like you said sea uh this this hit me hard because i remember when i woke up that morning of the announcement i went into the tcr discord And I saw somebody posted a meme of like, you know, a young Fernando Alonso is going to replace Lewis Hamilton at Mercedes. (laughs) And I didn't think anything of it. I just thought it was some stupid meme that somebody put in the Discord for literally no reason. So I'm like, okay, whatever. And then I go onto Instagram and I see, breaking news, Lewis Hamilton to leave Mercedes. And I had to do a double check. I'm like, is this, yeah, this is the Formula One account that just posted this like are we serious right now and i'm a lewis hamilton fan you know i've always been a lewis hamilton fan always been a mercedes fan so at first i was i was a little upset because i felt like mercedes was getting back on track this year they didn't win a race but uh, lewis finished third in points i felt like they were a little more competitive but when i heard that you know he's leaving because possibly mercedes didn't allow his input into the car changes it 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 makes sense so i i'm honestly excited you know i i think ferrari as long as they just you know as long as they get their strategies right and as long as they allow lewis to uh have his input this could be good but no it it, at, at first it shook me but uh it's. Uh, I think it's starting to sink in a little bit. I don't know about you, though. Uh, I know you're a Ferrari guy, Seafreeze, so uh, what do you think?
0: Yeah, well, very similar as well. When I saw that news, I I don't even know where I saw it. I think I saw it in the t Discord as well. I saw some people posting about it. Initially, I thought it was just some meme or uh, some joke or you know something that was just rumored but not actually true but then when i started looking more in the social media and the other platforms then i was like wait this is like everybody is saying it like yeah. it's confirmed confirmed and then as the day went on we got actual confirmation from like total wolf and hamilton himself and how the meeting happened and all this other stuff and it's like whoa it's actually happening um I got to say, I I am kind of still in disbelief that this is going to be happening. Now, I'll always say you you still have to wait another full year. And you never know if it ever will happen because a lot can happen in a year. Just putting that out there. Um, So until I see him, Hamilton, in a red suit and actually getting into the car... I'm not going to believe it. <laughs> I'm not going to believe yeah. it. A bit. Because he, for me, he's been so loyal to Mercedes that I can never picture him in red. You know, um, But then it, when you look back at his career, it's like, oh, you know what? This shouldn't be so much of a shock because look what he did much earlier on in his career when he went from McLaren Mercedes to then the Mercedes work team. And everybody thought that was the wrong decision. And look how that turned out. And when he did that move, it was also a shock. Uh, And people were doubting, why would you go to Mercedes? They're a newly formed team, this and that. Uh, Turned out to be the reason why he's a part of seven-time champion. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to go to Ferrari and have winning success with championships. But I think there was some rumors last year that he did want to go to Ferrari and the way that he lost the championship in 21 to max and the the mercedes car not really being where it should be uh with the development in this new era of car it only makes sense um they that he signs for ferrari and when you look more into it uh, fred Vasseur is uh, a good friends with hamilton and i think he was his engineer when he was back in the lower categories Uh, And then it started to kind of make more sense. He sees Leclerc have a long-term deal signed up. Science didn't put, you know, pen to paper, probably because they didn't offer him something. And Ferrari have been wanting Hamilton, it seems like, for the last few years. So Hamilton uh, finally pulled the trigger what's surprising for me is how did he get out of the 2025 drive for mercedes because i I thought it was a a two-year deal for mercedes for 24 and 25 now he's leaving a year early so there somewhere in there was a clause to where he was able to get out of it and now he's going to ferrari so it's still a big shock for me
1: yeah yeah i agree i just think the surprising part about it is like you said, how invested he was in Mercedes, uh, mostly because of his efforts with the diversity and inclusion, you know, he really rebranded that team and put a lot of effort into making that team kind of something that he envisioned, right? And now he's basically leaving it, and he's going to take all those efforts and put it elsewhere. And and you know, the thing is, too, is like, when he gets the Ferrari, he's going to be 40 years old. This isn't like when he joined Mercedes where he was in his, you know, late 20s, early 30s. You know, this is going to be a three to four year project, probably. And they're going to have to get things moving fast. Now, like you said, a lot of things can change in a year. He might not even go to Ferrari, but I mean, we'll talk about Red Bull here in a second. But where's Red Bull going to be at in two years time by 2025? Are they still going to be the best team? So (laughs) really can you imagine if we get a ferrari versus mercedes battle for the championship mm. lewis hamilton taking down mercedes for a record oh man i can't i can't even think about that for a record-breaking eighth championship against because he's tied with michael schumacher right now yeah. the guy that used to drive for a ferrari there's no way that happens right like that's that almost seems too perfect
0: if that does happen that's like the best career anyone's ever had for sure (laughs) you gotta retire right then and there too yeah
1: even if you have years left on your contract like i heard they're gonna pay him a hundred million a year you gotta retire If if you win the 2025 title just be like nope you can keep your money i'm leaving
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? So here's two more thoughts I have on this uh, whole Hamilton to Ferrari deal. Firstly, from my perspective, I'm a Ferrari fan. I kind of came into the sport when Vettel made that transition from Red Bull to Ferrari. Vettel was my guy. That's when I started watching the sport. So I haven't been watching, you know, since the early 2000s. Um, And obviously Vettel And Ferrari went up against Hamilton and Mercedes, and they lost. And I think for I could speak for I think most of the Ferrari um, supporters and even Vettel fans that are still supporting Ferrari today. I think they're welcoming Hamilton to Ferrari because when it was Mercedes versus Ferrari, Hamilton versus Vettel, yes, they did lose to them, and they are their rivals, but. Through the entire time it's always stayed respectful between the two between the two brands between the two drivers between the two uh, engineers it's always kind of stayed respectful and I think Ferrari who hasn't won since Kimi Raikkonen would welcome a seven-time Formula One champion to their team and see If that is the missing piece. Um, I think this does prove one thing though. If Hamilton goes to Ferrari. For a few year project. And you have Hamilton and Leclerc. And they're not able to win a drivers or constructors. That confirms that. You you need the car under you. (laughs) In order for something to work. And I. (laughs) But can Hamilton help Ferrari get there? Um, you know, Ferrari—they've had a lot of strategy miscalls in the last few years. Hamilton usually calls his own strategy or has more control in, in that. In that say, so as a Ferrari fan, I'm welcoming a seven-time champion. I was never really a Mercedes fan. Um, I wasn't really a, a, a Lewis fan either, um, but I've always respected him because he's really good. And personally, I I welcome him as well. And I'd love to see him in Ferrari. Now that he's racing for the team that I support more, at least towards the front, you know, let's see what could be done. But there's been a lot, a lot of successful Formula 1 drivers to go to Ferrari. Alonso, Vettel, um, you know, Kimi was there. He had success, and that was the last, you know, successful uh, driver with the Drivers' Championship. Um... Who else was there? That was the graphic. Well, Sainz went, um, but then you also had Massa went. Um, so, and obviously Schumacher with his winning ways, but uh, it's been a while since Ferrari has uh, won, but let's see if Hamilton could break the streak. Can You know, this isn't the first time a multi-champion goes to Ferrari um, to try and win. Uh, we've seen it with Alonso, we've seen it with Vettel, can Hamilton, you know, make it a, a successful mission, in the few years that he's there, uh, we don't know yet, uh, so that'll be, you know, really the big the big thing there, I don't think, if something, I don't think he needs a driver's championship for anything to be successful, I think a couple podiums and maybe a race win would be a successful uh, trip to Ferrari, in my opinion, but I think he wants, uh, you know, a lot more,
1: Yeah, I think he needs to at least get one more win, especially if he doesn't win this next year with Mercedes because, remember, his last win is still Saudi Arabia from 2021. So he hasn't won a race since that Abu Dhabi fiasco, but I actually want to make a comparison right now, and the more I think about it, the more I realize how similar this is. Uh, When Tom Brady left the New England Patriots, and I'm talking about the NFL right now, he was in his early 40s. People were saying he might be done. He should retire. He ended up going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. At the time, the Buccaneers hadn't won a championship in almost 20 years. Does that sound familiar to what we're talking about right now with Ferrari? Is it it'll almost be almost been? 20 years. Yeah. So yeah, next year, it'll be 18 years since Ferrari last won a driver's championship. Wow. So he's going to Ferrari a team which hasn't won a driver's championship in almost 20 years. He's going to be in his early 40s. And the argument with Tom Brady at the time was, can he win without Bill Belichick? Because the narrative was, oh, you know, Brady's just a product of his coach. But with Hamilton, the argument is kind of, well, he's just the product of Mercedes. You know, the car really carried him, which I don't think is true. I think that's just a bunch of haters, you know, just trying to, you know, put his value down. But, yeah, I mean, piggybacking off of what you said, I think people are going to uh, get exposed a little bit. And I'm talking about Ferrari fans. Uh, They're going to – I think they're going to take back everything they've said about Lewis, and they're going to learn to like him, especially when he delivers them a bunch of wins and maybe a driver's championship.
0: Yeah, but I think – like, if you look at the last few years between Mercedes and Red Bull – you can see the toxicity between the two fan groups. Um, I think everybody in 2021, any Formula One fan, you don't have to be a Mercedes fan or a Red Bull fan. You could be a McLaren fan or a Ferrari fan. But everybody picked either side, almost. No one was really down the middle. I mean, if you're a Formula One fan, you're going to be rooting. Who would you like to see win that championship? And I think because of the toxicity... It really put a line down the middle between Lewis and Mercedes, Max, fans, and Red Bull. With When Ferrari and Mercedes went up against each other, you really didn't have it that much. I mean, you did have, obviously, the split, but it, I, I felt like it was respectful. Um, with Max and Hamilton, they didn't really have that same respect, and I think the fan bases also didn't have that much respect, so... Uh you know obviously some things probably would were said from Ferrari fans about Hamilton, but um hey if if he starts winning they'll they'll start to like him, <laughs>
1: yeah, I think so, especially if Red Bull starts to uh decline even just a little bit over the next couple of years to where Ferrari gets ahead of them, and I think this time around you know it, it could be Verstappen and Hamilton again, but chances are, it's going to go over a lot better than it did in 2021. So, if Lewis wins a championship, or or even a constructors' championship, for the most beloved team in Formula 1, which is not disputable, you know. As Vettel once said, everybody's a Ferrari fan, even if they don't say it. Right? So, if Lewis wins a championship with Ferrari, he would have won a a driver's championship with three different teams, which... Has that ever been done before? I don't think that's ever been done before.
0: I mean, Schumacher was what, two?
1: Two, yeah. Yeah, so. So that would, that, I'm telling you, there is a lot, there's a lot that can be added to Lewis's legacy. I think his legacy is set. You know, whatever happens with Ferrari, like say it doesn't go well, people will say, oh, he was old or, oh, the car wasn't great. But, Lewis has the ability to really like reach a status that may never be reached again if he wins a record-breaking eighth championship for Ferrari. It would just be it, like I said; it really almost sounds too perfect. Like it almost seems unrealistic, but you never know. It's
0: almost completely going to be flip-flopped between Schumacher and Hamilton, if you think about it. Schumacher got all of his most of his success at Ferrari, where did he finish his career? Mercedes. And I'm pretty sure he has a last podium. Is that Mercedes?
1: Yeah.
0: And maybe last pole position.
1: So are you saying Lewis is only going to get one podium and one pole position? I mean, it could could happen. But no,
0: I think think he'll grab a win. Um, But it's just... Like, if you look at Lewis Hamilton, you think Mercedes, Mercedes, even the Mercedes engine back when he was with McLaren. Now you move up, and it's like, oh, his last win, his last podium, his last fastest lap, everything will be under Ferrari. If, if that's his last team. You never know. He could go to Ferrari and then another team. But most likely, Ferrari will be his last stop.
1: Yeah, I think this will be his last stop, and... Um, yeah, like I said, though, you know, this could be a three-year project. It could be four. It could be five years. If we go back to the Tom Brady comparison, I know it's a different sport, but Brady played until he was 45. And I know Lewis takes really good care of his body. He's you know, a, he's a certain, Yeah, he, he, he does all sorts of outdoor activities, you know, outside of F1. He has a very strict diet. Like, I don't think longevity is going to be his issue. I think it's just going to be... Uh, how the car is and maybe maybe it could be luck too. I mean injuries are still a thing. You can still yeah. have a freak accident and get hurt, you, you know, with all the safety that we have. An in, in injury in your early 40s, that could be it. We saw it in NASCAR a couple years ago with Kurt Busch, you know, these things can still happen even with the technology we have. So um yeah, no, this is this is the biggest driver's move I think we've seen in, in at least, I mean, Make no, him, this is since it. This is the biggest Mercedes. boom. Yeah, but yeah, yeah that since sense, went to Mercedes.
0: absolutely, yeah, it's kind of badass too. I like it. And the only bad downside to this is
1: we have to wait a whole year. <laughs> I know. Isn't that awkward? He's going to be at Mercedes for a full year, and yeah. they know that he's leaving,
0: and they have a whole year to figure out who's going in that car, which. Man, you have so many options. You could go. It, 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 I think I think Mercedes will want to go long-term. I think they're going to promote either... I think they're looking at Albin, Sainz, and Ocon as their drivers. Yes, Alonso would be a flashy move. Uh, even if you looked in the dreams, does Vettel go to Mercedes? Does he come back? No. No, not he's not coming happen.
1: back. Not coming back.
0: That's also a lot, a pretty risky move too, uh, to put uh, someone who hasn't been racing re- recent into a Mercedes car. Um, so that's going to be a no. Um, but does Alonso, you know, go? Um, but I think they're going to work with uh, either Albin, Ocon, or Science. I don't think uh, Alonso would be a flashy move, and I know he's probably wants to go. But I don't know. I know he no, gets that's along with Russell. Extremely but...
1: risky. Extremely risky to hire Fernando Alonso. As good as he may be, like, no, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> and it would only be for sh- very short term because he's older yeah. than Lewis. So, you know, if Alonso's still going, you know, how much more does he have, right? So I think those are my bets, you know, those three. Um, I-, I was also thinking. You know, Daniel Ricciardo. I know he has maybe that Red Bull seat lined up, but it seems like someone else could sna- you know—snag it to be next to Max. It's not really certain that Ricciardo would go there. Does Ricciardo look and say, "Hey, a Mercedes seat? You know, I- I'll hop into Lewis's seat any day."
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I don't think that would happen, though. Even him going to Red Bull because. Max Verstappen's talked about the fact that he's probably going to retire in the next few years, maybe when his contract is up, so Red Bull probably might actually be the team that goes for a long-term second driver when, uh, you know, because I don't think Perez is going to stick around, you know I don't think he's the long-term solution there so they'll probably go younger there and then, I mean, for Mercedes, like the more I think about it, you could bring in a guy like Fernando Alonso to mentor George Russell, because Russell kind of took a step back last year. He had a few mistakes. Singapore was really bad. Yes. Uh, he had a, he had a couple of blunders. So maybe they could bring somebody in just to uh, maybe mentor him if he doesn't get back on track in
0: uh, 2024. Yeah. Um, well. The next uh, big thing which was kind of overshadowed by this Hamilton uh, news was um, the Andretti team with GM and Cadillac being uh, declined by F1 for their entry. I think this entry was for 2025 and they did suggest that they would possibly look at another entry if GM actually makes their own engine uh, for 2028, so a lot more uh, down the line uh, and um, I, I, I'm not too sure how I feel about this because in the rule book it, it states that 12 teams is the maximum amount of teams there could be in F1 so I don't like the idea or um, the viewpoint of oh if we add another team then the pie of money that goes to all the teams gets split again. You have to split to 11. Well, that's true, but if it allows in our rule book that we're allowed to have 12 teams maximum, then anybody really should be able to join if they pay the entry fee and they present the, hey, this is our team to be on the grid. Because then what will happen is if other teams want to enter they'll just try to buy the team over. And this is kinda how NASCAR does it with their charters and them having, um, I don't know how many charters, but I know they have a significant amount um, to where they have teams that are there every week, but they could have up to, I think now, 41 drivers on the grid for NASCAR. And what will happen is you just keep bringing teams in. And if they don't perform, they don't perform but then over time they'll just get bought by somebody else um but I would like to see 12 teams every season so the fact that they got declined when we're not even at the limit for all these other reasons doesn't really make sense to me if you're allowed to have 12 teams you should allow two more entries they might not be a competitive team but to me it doesn't really matter as long as you have the 12 now if we had 12 teams and somebody wanted to join extra then i could see how it's a problem because now you're saying oh well this is what we agreed upon we agreed to 12 teams maximum now they want to bring 13 in that's going to split the pie up more then we got to change this this and that the rules allow for 12 teams so if if a team wants to join let them pay the fee let them put out your, their plan, and let them race. I don't think it's really that fair for F1 to just say, "Yeah, we don't think you're going to be competitive for all these reasons." There's no room in the pit lane. We're not going <laughs> to, we're not going to allow you to be on the grid. Um, doesn't really make much sense, especially since Andretti. Now, I do kind of agree with them. I don't think they're going to be that competitive. I think they'd start towards the back, but Andretti. Being a name in F1 already, as well as a a big name in North America, in America specifically, teaming up with GM, another American brand, and F1 wanting to go to another uh, street circuit, possibly in Chicago, having four tracks at US, why wouldn't you want Andretti, one of the biggest names in American motorsports, to also be on the grid? Um... You know doesn't seem you know right i knew this was coming i knew they were going to decline this entry but um at least they they advise that hey we might take a look at it if this 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 happens so maybe there's still some discussion that could be make sense and i understand what f1's doing but I feel like if the rules are in place, you should allow the 12 teams. I agree that you want competitive teams and you want uh, teams that are going to be like manufacturers. You have Mercedes, Ferrari, Audi is joining. You have Aston Martin, McLaren. All these big teams are there. Um, and you're not really going to see these teams like uh, a Haas anymore or what AlphaTauri was now they're Visa cash app credit card <laughs>
1: oh it's so stupid it's, it's the dumbest team name ever if, if they're
0: allowed on this in the sport then andretti with gm should be allowed in the sport um you shouldn't have alpha Tari, aka you know the v- visa credit card as a team in an entry because that's a non-competitive team and also the last thing on my te- the team's thought with all these new teams trying to join and all this being declined is that how is it that one owner could own multiple teams on the grid? True. How is that allowed? If you look at MLB, uh, NFL, any major sport, who, ha- who? what if the Yankees said, you know what, I- we want to create... Another team, we'll call it Yankees Junior. <laughs> and we'll put them... As a,
1: Red uh, Sox fan, as a Red Sox fan, I would hate that.
0: <laughs> we'll put them on the other side of the Hudson. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: how, how can the Steinbrenner family, as the owners of the Yankees, own another team and influence the, the sport? There's no, way, there's no reason Red Bull should own then also AlphaTauri or whatever they're calling it. Because they're owning four drivers. They're owning two teams. That's 20% of the grid. They're owning... It's too much. So why are they allowed, yet Andretti with GM can't join the grid? That, to me, does not make sense.
1: Yeah. So I do agree with that part. I don't think the system is perfect, but I am going to go in a little bit of a different direction here. The NASCAR comparison, which is a good one because we're kind of leaning towards that to where NASCAR has charters for certain teams, you know. But they have that because they would rather have certain teams show up every week and not get DNQ'd for a race during qualifying. You know, they don't want those open entries coming in and kicking out one of the full-time teams. We don't have that problem in Formula One because we have a cap of 12 teams. So right now, we're at 10, right? And like you mentioned, we do have, you know, a few teams that could be questionable as to whether or not they should even be on the grid, like Haas, which has always been, you know, one of, if not the slowest team throughout their tenure in F1 um but andretti think about it if they put andretti on the grid that's the 11th team and then some other team comes in say by 2028 then they're full and if another team wants to come in and say andretti is doing terrible not only is do we have a controversy there of should we kick andretti out and you know that would be a bad look for the sport but we it, it's formula 1 we shouldn't just be allowed to have anybody come in and race you know this is the premier motorsport in the world and formula one right now i think is at its peak when it comes to popularity so you know it sucks for andretti because they already invested in their formula one operations they they had a potential car at 60 percent size in a wind tunnel they hired staff like this would be a huge blow to them but you know at the end of the day like you know not everybody should be able to join formula one and like you said like i i do agree that there shouldn't be an owner that has multiple teams especially if your second team is one of the slowest teams on the grid and is never winning races but you know one of the one of the things that uh fans i think complain about and not everybody does but there's obviously a big gap between red bull and and really, everybody else. I mean, you got Mercedes, Ferrari, McLaren, but it's such a big competitive gap. And I hate to say it, but we're in an era now to where Formula One is really trying to narrow that down. They're really trying to make the competition better. This this really is, is looking a lot like NASCAR from the early 2000s, to where they're trying to, you know, add things they're trying to change the car up they're trying to put in certain rules like the red flag rule for formula one for example they're trying to make the grid closer and if that if they're putting a team in like andretti that is going to be slow and they're taking up a possible spot for maybe a new team to come in it's just i it sucks for andretti but honestly i don't mind it. it it sucks but it is what it is
0: yeah I mean, I, I agree, I mean, I, I would like, if Andretti does join, <clears throat> I'd rather them make sure that their engine is a Cadillac GM engine, not being bought by someone else, and it's just like sponsored by GM, like it's getting funding by GM, kind of like what Alfa Romeo was with Sauber. Um, Yes, it was Alfa Romeo, a uh, you know, a brand that a lot of people recognize. But besides the funding, it was just a Sauber. You know, now that team's getting transformed, Sauber. You know, that's why the re- delivery released today. They got the, uh, the they're changing their identity more towards. You know, away from Salber, away from Alfa Romeo. Now it's more, um, you know, with these other sponsors, different colors. This way they turn into Audi. And Audi's going to be their, an Audi engine. It's going to be, you know, and that's competitive. So, you know, the more teams we could see like that, which I'm pretty sure by 2026, we're going to have Mercedes, Ferrari, we're gonna have Alpine, which is with their uh, Renault engine. You're gonna have Audi. You're going to have who am I missing?
1: Uh,
0: Williams? No, that well, they're under a Mercedes.
1: Oh, under Mercedes. Yeah. Um, not
0: sure. I know Red Bull's gonna be switching to Ford then. And then I'm I'm pretty sure there was one more. Um. Not too... Oh, uh. Isn't Honda being something? Oh, uh, or no.
1: Did we mention Audi already? Yeah, I mentioned Audi. Isn't, um... Did Honda? I, I can't uh, keep track, dude. Me, so this much is too. Happening. I thought <laughs> Honda.
0: I thought Honda came back where they wanted to.
1: I heard. I did hear something about that, but I. I'm Aren't not they going sure with Daston Martin? It,
0: or did that I'm not, not happen? Sure I don't, I don't it know. <laughs> concerned or not? Google it up. Um, Google while I'm blabbing over here. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'm not too sure, but it it does make it better when F1, like you said, so, is the premier. You want these man, you want these manufacturers, you want these big brands, and you don't want them just to be a sponsor. You want them to actually, hey, this is their engine, not like an Alfa Romeo that they're just giving funding. You want them to be more like Audi, that they're giving uh, actually an Audi
1: engine. Right. So Honda will contribute to Aston Martin in 2026. Yeah.
0: So then you have Honda too, right? So. Yeah. you're going to have six different engines um, on the grid out of ten teams, making Haas um, using the Ferrari Williams will be with the Mercedes most likely, um, you have um, AlphaTauri, Visa whatever, they'll be using I guess the Ford from Red Bull and then McLaren will still be using the Mercedes there too, so yeah um, you know in order to win you need to be competitive you need your own parts you really to be competitive um so that's good but uh we'll see how that transforms um not not as surprising as the first uh, news with hamilton but other news that broke today now i don't even know much about it uh, i just thought it was funny what i wrote um Christian Horner being horny
1: and <laughs> <laughs> I love that I
0: think he's in an investigation now I don't really know what to make of it I don't even know anything about it so I just put it down
1: yeah so from what I've read he is under an external investigation after an accusation regarding his conduct was made by another member of staff at the Red Bull racing team so um It was apparently inappropriate controlling behavior. So it doesn't it doesn't sound like it's involving the uh, the s word not not the swear but you know and I don't know if we should say it on here if we're gonna get you know you know I don't make but I don't know Um, you know it's it's not anything naughty you know but but it sounds like you know there was some uh, some sort of conflict internal conflict with the team. And uh, there was a formal accusation being brought forward. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the mm-hmm. downfall of Red Bull is upon us. Yeah.
0: Um, anywho, moving on. Uh, to NASCAR had a pretty poor weekend, I'd say, uh, to come back. Uh, they had the clash at the Coliseum in LA. And um, it was supposed to happen. The main event was going to be Sunday night. Uh, I think it would have been. Uh, what, what time was it for?
1: It was supposed to be eight o'clock on Sunday night.
0: Yeah, and uh, supposedly there's uh, some bad weather uh, getting into the area. You know, they were worried about flooding and other stuff. And uh, they were already there for Saturday. Uh, what did they have on Saturday? They were the the races to see if they got in to see who got into the to clash, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yes.
0: So that was on Saturday and literally 4 yeah. hours they gave everybody notice that they were going to move the clash from Sunday evening to Saturday night. And there was nobody there to watch it.
1: Yeah. Pretty it much. was it was embarrassing because they I mean I can't imagine how much money they lost because mm-hmm. uh do you if you remember initially fans weren't going to be allowed to show up on saturday to any of the qualifying races or any of that extra stuff which was supposed to be on saturday can you imagine if they stuck with that and there why were is no that though? bands fans that could see what's that
0: why didn't they uh allow any so, fans on saturday
1: so they well it was supposed to be uh some sort of, like, restriction thing. Like, I think NASCAR really wanted to, like, prop themselves up in the L.A. area, so uh, and they wanted people to show up on Sundays so they were like, hey, you know, you can't show up Saturday, but show up Sunday for the main, f- you know, feature. Weird. But there were a lot of complaints, obviously, on social media. Uh, people were not happy, <clears throat> so what happened was they said uh, fans can show up on Saturday and they can show up for free. So, basically, if you showed up on Saturday, <laughs> you got to see a free NASCAR race. I mean, that, that's really lucky if you were there on Saturday, and super unlucky if you were flying in on Sunday morning. Oh, man, it's such a disaster. I mean,
0: now, I'm going to take the viewpoint of... Now, I, I missed it, because I thought it was Sunday night. Same um, here. I missed and it as well. I missed it, to even watch it. Um because I wasn't planning on being home to watch because I knew it was Sunday night and I was looking forward to, you know, watching and seeing what was happening. And I missed it. I watched the highlights, saw Denny Hamlin won, and he beat everyone's favorite driver. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, love that. Denny. I love he's, that, by he's the way. He's grown on
1: me a lot in the last couple
0: of years. <laughs> uh, that's funny. But um, I think this kind of puts it to rest that this is the last time they went to the Coliseum and it's kind of a poor way to end it um because i think they're going to take the clash they're going to move it to somewhere else uh it was an experiment to put this uh into a football stadium in LA to to bring the product to the fans it it for the most part worked in the early years you it, it wasn't a, f- a sell out by any means there were still always empty seats and the environment was like the people in LA were like, oh, what is this? We don't know why we're here, but we're here just because we're here. <laughs> yeah. And remember they had the halftime race uh, concert. They had Ice Cube one year. They had Wiz Khalifa another year. I forget who was going to be this year.
1: Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. But, but that did not happen.
0: And it didn't happen because it wasn't on the Sunday. So, um, yeah, I think because of this, you know, there were like 85 people in the stands. <laughs>
1: if that. If that. <laughs> and
0: it was just, it's, it's so embarrassing as a NASCAR fan that that was happening. But I'm going to defend NASCAR a little bit because, all right, number one, this could be the last se- year that they're going to the Clash. Number two, they have their biggest event, the Daytona 500, coming up what this weekend
1: next weekend next
0: weekend all right so you do get a little bit of a buffer but you also don't want to cause the teams and personnel for nascar to have to stick around to a monday or maybe the the you know maybe it was not good monday maybe they would have had to wait till tuesday and for the clash it just doesn't make sense to do that because it's an exhibition race. Why stick around for a few days when it's only an exhibition race? The weather didn't comply. Um, This might be the last year we're going here. Let's just get this thing over with and get out of town. Let's move it to somewhere else next year. That's what I kind of got from NASCAR. And I will also say that all the fans out there, all the time, remember all these times. I mean, we went to New Hampshire last year. And it rained on Sunday, and we stayed on until the Monday, right? But yeah. Saturday yeah. was clear all the way up until, what, uh, 7 o'clock or
1: so? Pretty much. It, it did <laughs> rain a little bit in the modified race, but yeah, it was c- clear throughout most of the day.
0: And we knew the race was not going to happen on Sunday. We looked at the forecast, but NASCAR never moves the race earlier. They only move it back. So if the race is on Sunday, they're only going to move it to a Monday. But a lot of fans complain about that because they're like, well, why do we, you know, a lot of fans rather just come a day early because they're, most fans, I'd say, are already there for Saturday and Sunday if they're going to travel. If you're local, you could just drive when, it come in whenever. But they never move it to a Saturday or the day before because if they know Sunday is going to be rain 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 Saturday is beautiful a lot of fans I've been hearing say NASCAR why don't you just move the race you know it's going to be raining all Sunday why try and make it a thing you know you're just going to have to move it to Monday so why move it to Monday and have less fans when you could just move it to Saturday and rearrange what other you know races were going to be meant for that day you know xfinity qualifying practice all that stuff so i applaud actually nascar for doing it this way rather than trying to stick in town for a market that doesn't really like nascar to begin with and you know run it on a monday or even a tuesday um, so they just packed their bags and went home early as best they could they got the hell out of town
1: <laughs> it's just unfortunate because NASCAR really is in a very isolated scenario when you compare it to any other sport no other sport has this issue uh, you have baseball which if baseball gets rained out it gets rescheduled, but it's not as big of a deal if a baseball game gets rained out, because there's 162 of them. There's only 36 regular season NASCAR races with a couple of exhibition races, and they only happen once a week. Baseball, you, you can play every day. So, I mean, <laughs> best case scenario, you literally just reschedule a baseball game for you know two days later and have a double header. The amount right. of preparation that goes into a NASCAR race, uh, the, the traveling that the teams have to do, Um, NASCAR, they really need to figure out the rain tires for short tracks because I know they've invested in that in the last couple of years and they've tried it out but they really need to I really think that they can crack this down and they can create something to where they can race in like intermediate conditions on short tracks but they gotta do something because like I said, there's no other sport that deals with this issue and this is I mean, the weather's out of their control, but the tires aren't, you know. They they can do something with the cars or the tires to uh, at least try and get a race in.
0: Yeah, know. I, I agree with that. Because um, for the most part, fans who go to NASCAR races, they come from all over, right? Um, yeah. For the most part, if you're going to a baseball game, you're local for the most part. Um, And if there is bad weather, you can maybe... You know pick a game the day before day after sometimes you get lucky then they move out of town then you missed a game right but for the most part you're local uh and then you just come back another day you know you have 162 chances right (laughs) Um, yeah to 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 catch a game in your local area so yeah it is a, a an issue with travel there but um i think uh for the road courses yeah use your wet tire uh, and for short tracks, get a wet tire running and uh, run it. Uh, and for the the quicker ovals, I agree it ha- it should just be done in the dry. Um, but for the short tracks like um, New uh, New Hampshire, Martinsville, uh, Phoenix, if it ever does rain in Phoenix, so you know it more, has before, believe it or not. And then they should use the tire.
1: <laughs> yeah, they I don't know about. It. Bristol, though, because I think the banking would cause a pretty significant issue. Uh, But with like Martinsville, Phoenix, New Hampshire, all those tracks are pretty flat. So I think it would work for those (coughs) tracks.
0: Yeah. Um, All right. Let's see here. All right. So we got through all the F1 NASCAR news for this week. Now it's time to talk a little bit about uh, TCR. We had our round one. of 14 for the F1 series last week for both the Challenger and the Elite series. Um, I just want to quickly say uh, thanks for everybody to tune, tuning in to last week and racing for round one. I think what we're going to do, we're going to make it a little bit of a series on the podcast. Every time, I just thought of this, Camden. I didn't even tell you. Okay. Let me let me know what you think about this. <clears throat> get a little bit of competition between the brands. Which brand are you? Are you Elite Series brand, or are you Challenger Series brand? And let's see who, you know, supports which brand. Um, So, every podcast that we do one, if we do every week, uh, through Season 17, at some point we'll talk a little bit about, you know, the race and what had happened. So, by the time we're recording this, I'm going to announce the, the, the TV ratings. Which brand had more views and likes from right now as we're recording it, and then we'll
1: kind of keep a tally to see which brand beats the other brand. You just came up with that? Are you sure you didn't like plan this out throughout the day being like, all right, here's my diabolical plan here. We're gonna compare the ratings. Okay, I, We're I do this every
0: week. <laughs> no, I thought I thought about it earlier today when I was rewatching the Challenger oh, series. Oh,
1: so, so you did think about it earlier?
0: A little bit earlier today, yeah. But I didn't oh. run it by you, yeah. No, because I, I wanted to see which one went did better. So then I was like, oh, all right, I might as well talk about it on the podcast <laughs> and uh, make it make it something because you know what, I um. I'm into TV ratings and for all sports, so I like to see the... How it fluctuates between what events are on and how that impacts the TV ratings, uh, whether it's on cable or not. But luckily, we're not on cable. We're streaming. We're, uh, we're live streaming. We live stream Tuesdays and Wednesdays, 8.45 p.m. Eastern Time. This will be released uh, episode Tuesday morning. So um, tonight is the Challenger series, so tune in. Camden will be commentating that. Tomorrow will be the Elite series. Now, the TV ratings are in. Oh, boy. We have the Elite Series with 218 views and 9 likes. The Challenger Series. Is it over or under on views? 218.
1: I am going to go under. It is
0: over. 224 views for the Challenger
1: Series. That's pretty consistent.
0: And over, under, 9 likes. I'm going over. It is over. It's 12 likes for the Challenger Series. So this round goes to the Challenger Series. They won in the TV ratings.
1: Yeah, that's because you had your boy, <laughs> the commentating. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Seafreeze.
0: Well, once I get that's out on understand. track, then Elite Series will be like, Oh, Seafreeze is getting out on track. We might we might want to tune in for that one.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, Boy, more competition for Camden. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna finish sixteenth instead of fifteenth next
0: week. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, I don't like Miami now I will uh, say I will say that um I did tune into the Challenger series, and Sir Charles said that this will be the test to see if Seafreeze was watching, and Mexico he says was a very it was always one of my favorite tracks. It has always been a favorite track up there. And he always liked it, when a lot of drivers don't usually say nice things about Mexico. Um, it's not my favorite track, uh, Sir Charles. And you did say that I would say something that I probably wouldn't like it. <laughs> so yeah, that's true. I like the track. It's not one of my favorites. But it is... I've always enjoyed coming to Mexico. Usually... Um, um. I don't really dislike it but it's not my favorite Uh, my favorites would be britain japan singapore but uh, mexico i would say is in the good good better half so yeah i actually did a
1: a a ranking recently of uh formula one tracks you know the tracks i love racing at the tracks i don't love racing at mexico was in the bottom tier i don't know what it is i yeah i've never been great at mexico and You know, it's a shame because I feel like, you know, my pace was actually okay Uh, last Wednesday. It's just, man, it was one thing after another. It started in qualifying. Uh, I got into a little bit of a racing incident in qualifying. Uh, We'll just leave it at that. Um, But then uh, the first corner of the feature race, I uh, got into it with Silent, which I felt bad about that. and then everything with the weather happened and then yeah. you know i was going through sector 2 and i see this really slow blue car ahead of me and i'm like what what is he doing uh turns out that slow blue car was on soft tires during the rain okay <laughs> that's that's like rule number 1 of what not to do are you um, talking
0: about batch plus
1: i am talking yeah i didn't, <laughs> want, I didn't want to call him out but uh, don't worry i will <laughs> <laughs> But um, no, I didn't know he was on soft. So when we went into the, into the corner, I wasn't anticipating him stopping. And so I stopped into him and we crashed. Um, so yeah, I had a bad race and I don't like Mexico. And if we can keep it off the schedule until season 19, uh, that would be preferred. <laughs> At least season 19.
0: Yeah, well, all I'll say is, you know, <clears throat> it was good to be back uh for tcr round one it was nice to see everybody you know, out on track competing practicing this week that was kind of cool to to get the to get the the boys back together you know and uh yes sir it was cool to do the commentary and uh to have streams up on the youtube and we got some shorts so we're we're, we're full swing in the season and now that we're going through it all and um when I saw the 20 drivers for the Elite Series, I was like, oh, I wish I was out there right now. (laughs) (laughs) Because I would love to, uh, you know, mix it up uh, a few times this season, which uh, that's when I'm able to. I'll be back in, uh, ready to go. Um, But yeah, the only other thing, major things, I'm not going to go into detail about the races for the most part, but um, I would say that in my opinion, the I know I said professional was my favorite, but after hearing what he was saying, somewhat that he, he's kind of like it, all, almost like he's undoubting, uh, he's doubting himself, or maybe he's being realistic, saying, or maybe he's giving respect to Forzan and Silent, but you know he's happy with podiums, and he, you know he's say, saying that Forzan and Silent are much quicker. I might. You know, maybe it doesn't count, but I might have to change my. <laughs> no, it does my, not um, count. No, it doesn't. Sorry. It do, no well, Sorry. Do, no hey,
1: participation trophies here. It
0: doesn't count, but I will. You know, I'll admit maybe I'm wrong already, but uh, I think the winners of each race are your favorites to win the championship for both series. We have some yeah. guy who went, won one in uh, the the feature or the main race think they call it the feature um for the challenger series and then you had forzan who got the maximum amount of points he didn't get a uh, a full sweep because he didn't get the the actual qualifying pole um but he had everything he won the sprint he won the feature and he got the fastest lap so he had maximum points there forzan for elite and some guy for challenger
1: you know, something I will say on the challenger side of things, I don't know if that was the best race to be an example as to where people's pace was at because uh, the you know it was it was crazy the uh, the weather uh, it's, it's going to be I think some guy is going to be up there but I was super impressed with F1 nerd as well uh, yeah. he did not have a great qualifying effort. And uh, in the sprint race, he worked his way up to the front. Uh, that sprint race was chaotic. The sprint race was more chaotic than the feature race. Um, but no, F1Nerd made up a lot of spots, and he, uh, I-, I think he did a pretty good job considering uh, where he started in that race. And, but, but like I said, you know, both races really were crazy. I mean, Silent got wiped out lap one, and then he got into an incident on lap four and got crashed out of the race entirely. So I don't think we saw Silent's full potential. Um, and hey, I mean, I know we basically have a full grid for Elite, but what have you always said, Seafreeze? Uh, there could always be somebody that joins the grid and at least mixes things up and, and takes some points away from other drivers. So, uh, And with the, the new rule of, you know, your worst two races don't get counted, uh, Silent really is not losing out from this first round. He's, he's just used one of his mulligans, basically.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, you know you, you you hate to use it so early on in the season, but I guess True. it's it's good that you have it to begin with. So, um, but this st- will actually count probably as one of his races because he finished high in the in the sprint silent uh, for the elite series. So it's not just a d- he didn't get no points. So we're counting your best uh, 12 races by points scored on that race. So not just by the main race uh, your points throughout the entire week and so this since we had the sprint and he finished uh, I think fourth he would get uh, do he get five points so five points um if he would need a uh, if he finished what's five points?
1: Eight uh um, eighth
0: is four points. So seven and a half. <laughs> yeah. So he would need that finish, you know, to for it or better for for this one to get wiped off um down the line. But um <clears throat> that was the biggest shock for Elite was silent DNFing so early on too. Um for the first round, it was kind of underwhelming <laughs> because a lot of people picked him as the favorite. And you know what? Forzan did a great job. We didn't really get to see Silent, though. So, we didn't really get to see how the pace lined up in the main race. So, that was the biggest shock there. And, um, just fully all a wet weekend. Um, I guess I'll give my two drivers that kind of stood out in each series or maybe i'll i'll give um some applause Ooh. to them okay uh for the elite series i've gtr lion i thought his pace and race he was always good at mexico that is i will say sergio's gtr lion's favorite track is mexico <laughs> i can say that for a fact Mexico's his favorite track, has to be or, or maybe his best track he's always good there at GT. GT um, and I don't think it was one of his like it wasn't the cleanest of races from him like I've seen you know a couple little mishaps here and there but all in all together he put a good race for the first round um, kind of get the rest, rust off a little bit and um, he was battling with B-Tom who, who returned Uh, as a reserve 20 minutes before the race and um, you know he's battling with a five-time platinum champion mixing it up with professional and his pace was strong so and that was your golden class champion from season 16 so you know he's slotting up right in the top five podium hunt uh, for the elite series so good job from him and then uh, when we go over to the challenger series I'll give a little, uh, shout out to, um, you could go a few ways with this, but I was, I was going to say Chabar, because I thought he got unlucky with the rain in the sprint race, because he was on the full wet, and then the, the, then it kind of switched on him. Uh, but it was cool to see him kind of continue that speed uh, that he had from last year. But you could even go with Kluka, who won the sprint. Uh, F1Nerd had, I think he double podiumed, correct? Correct. Yeah, so he had solid points kind of picking up where he left off. And um, But if I had to pick one, um, I really liked uh, where did Kluka finish in the main? He crashed out he early did. on. See, yeah. Then I can't yep. pick him.
1: I guess I gotta go.
0: Uh, I don't know. I like the Re- I like the rebel team. F1 nerd and Chabar. Those are my guys. I thought they had a good opening round.
1: Okay, so uh, I'll start with Elite and then go down the Challenger. Um, I'm not gonna pick GTR Lion just because you know I figured I'll I'll pick somebody else. But um, <coughs> I did say I just want to flash back. You know, I did say that his pace was gonna be up there. He, he finished ahead of KD which that was one of the things we pointed at yep. was when KD raced last season he kicked everybody's butt but yeah, Lion had legitimate pace but uh, I was really impressed with Zionicle because he seemed to be maybe the only guy that really excelled with the strategy which was hard to do because the weather changed literally five times during that race if you want to see that, go check out the shorts we have a short up about that Um but he called it uh there was one point where uh we had to put on the wet tires he was the first one to do it uh the next time we put on intermediate tires he took those 18 laps to the end and ended up getting points and he was i think before that he was projected to not finish up there in the points so uh good job by zionicle with the strategy for the elite series for challenger i'm gonna go down to fourth place and say hallberg really impressed me uh, he was quick in the sprint race, and in the feature, he finished P4 and only finished a couple seconds behind C. Rizzy. And that wasn't because of any, like, fluke or safety car. Uh, those two were legitimately battling for that podium spot in the second half of the race. And remember, C. Rizzy was a Golden Class driver last season, and most Golden Class drivers went up to Elite, so C. Rizzy basically went down in a way to race on Tuesdays and Hallberg was going toe-to-toe with him so uh, big thumbs up to Hallberg
0: yeah and uh, after the first one in the books now we go to Miami and um, yeah we'll see how uh, we'll see what what happens now
1: (laughs) I know this is when it gets good
0: (laughs) oh yeah um, any other things that happen that we want to mention? I just also want to mention, uh, this week is iRacing that starts up for Super Formula. That's Thursday. Um, if I'm around, I might try and stream it just to kind of mess around with it uh, for the first time. Um, but we do have you know seats open. Um, Super Formula, we have 12 races. We're only going to count your best 10. Uh, the, the, there is a league on iRacing, so you can search us on... IRacing leagues, and you can join that way uh... but you could also you know jo- go to the website sign up join the discord do all that um, but if you want to find if if we're not streaming it i'd suggest you try and find somebody who is maybe gonna stream their point of view if you want to try and get a little glimpse of how that's going to be on Thursday until we get our streaming uh completely under control. We are looking for commentators if we have somebody on iRacing who uh wants to do commentary, we'll stream it. Uh we're ju- we just need some commentators for the iRacing um series for Super Formula. So if anybody knows anybody who wants to help um recruit a commentator let us know for that but uh, anything else from round one uh camden
1: i don't think so i think just uh be on the lookout this week obviously for the races but uh the shorts are back for season 17 we kind of took a break from them from uh, from uh, season 16 but uh we'll be doing those every week to kind of recap the races and uh make sure to follow us on socials too Uh, we do have accounts on instagram Facebook, and
0: Twitter, aka X. Nice. Well, there you have it. So, hope everybody enjoyed listening. Uh, If this was successful, you would have listened on Apple Music and or Spotify, as well as YouTube. Um, So, yeah, you can find out more information by going to our website, trainingcompetitoracing.com and... Following us on all socials at E Trinity Racing. You could join the TCR Discord server where we are most active. Uh, look out for the streams today. Um, tonight will be the Challenger Series. Uh, Wednesday Elite Series, uh, and um, yeah, from Camden to myself, C Freeze. And until next time, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening.